0: In making this statement, which I do of my own free will, I wish to make it perfectly clear that I am not in any way trying to gain sympathy, nor do I expect any mitigation of whatever sentence the court may pronounce. I am writing this in an attempt to refute some of the lying reports published in the papers I have been allowed to see and broadcast over the prison radio. These have given an entirely false picture of the true cause of our defeat, and as the leader of my race's armed forces at the cessation of hostilities, I feel it my duty to protest against such libels upon those who served under me. I also hope that this statement may explain the reasons for the application I have twice made to the court, and will now induce it to grant a favor for which I can see no possible grounds of refusal. The ultimate cause of our failure was a simple one. Despite all statements to the contrary, it was not due to lack of bravery on the part of our men, or to any fault of the fleets. We were defeated by one thing only, by the inferior science of our enemies. I repeat, by the inferior science of our enemies. When the war opened, we had no doubts of our ultimate victory. The combined fleets of our allies greatly exceeded in number and armament those which the enemy could muster against us, and in almost all branches of military science we were their superiors. We were sure that we started to convert all homing torpedoes to carry the new weapon, for the time being all further offensives were suspended. We realize now that this was our first mistake. I still think that it was a natural one, for it seemed to us then that all our existing weapons had become obsolete overnight, and we already regarded them almost as primitive survivals. What we did not appreciate was the magnitude of the task we were attempting, and the length of time it would take to get the revolutionary superweapon into battle. Nothing like this had happened for a hundred years and we had no previous experience to guide us. The conversion problem proved far more difficult than anticipated. A new class of torpedo had to be designed, as the standard model was too small. This meant, in turn, that only the larger ships could launch the weapon, but we were prepared to accept this penalty. After six months, the heavy units of the fleet were being equipped with the sphere. Training maneuvers and tests had shown that it was operating satisfactorily and we were ready to take it into action. Norden was already being hailed as the architect of victory and had half-promised even more spectacular weapons. Then two things happened. One of our battleships disappeared completely on a training flight, and an investigation showed that, under certain conditions, the ship's long-range radar could trigger the sphere immediately after it had been launched. The modification needed to overcome this defect was trivial, but it caused a delay of another month and was the source of much bad feeling between the naval staff and the scientists. We were ready for action again when Norden announced that the radius of effectiveness of the sphere had now been increased by ten, thus multiplying by a thousand the chances of destroying an enemy ship. So the modification started all over again but everyone agreed that the delay would be worth it. Meanwhile, however, the enemy had been emboldened by the absence of further attacks and had made an unexpected onslaught. Our ships were short of torpedoes since none had been coming from the factories and were forced to retire. So we lost the systems of chirane and Floranus and the planetary fortress of Ramsandrum. It was an annoying but not a serious blow, for the recaptured systems had been unfriendly and difficult to administer. We had no doubt that we could restore the position in the near future, as soon as the new weapon became operational.